I absolutely get the impact of this uh, uh, of this virus on people's lives. And oh, there's there's a there's a lot of what would be the dark arts in there. Jim, and this is on the left side. Okay, now that's go back. That's Joe. that's right. You're the blanket measures. We did not visit the castle, we did not walk around the town. Thanks very much. Um, we now go to Robbie Savage. Robbie. I think it's safe to say that we've all learnt a lot during the last few weeks, right? We've learnt that being able to purchase toilet rolls is key to the mental well-being of the British people. We've learnt that no one is really sure exactly how far two metres is. <laughs> and we've learnt that the best way to test your eyesight isn't a trip to your local opticians, it's in fact a drive to Barnard Castle with your wife and child. But how many of us have learnt what Jurgen Klopp has learnt during the last few weeks of lockdown? I didn't, I didn't learn a lot in, in, the, in the lockdown. Apart from that, obviously, Gary Neville has an opinion about absolutely everything. It's, it's incredible. Hold the front page. A man who gets paid to have opinions has opinions on stuff. Not that surprising, is it? Monday Night Football wouldn't quite be the same if Genev just shrugged his shoulders every time he got thrown a tricky topic, although he'd probably still have more valid points that way than Graham Souness makes. Why are you looking like that? I do get where Klopp is coming from. Neville does seem to have a view on pretty much everything, be it the selection of players, be it VAR, be it tactics, or be it the very non-football flavoured topics of Brexit and coronavirus. And this week, he was even sticking his two pence worth in when it came to the financial health of the Football League. To be honest with you, Jeff, I think a bailout of football clubs is required. You know, I mentioned it, I think, some two months ago, that unless there were some funds put in place in the next few months, we would start to see severe things happening at clubs. How it's going to happen, I'm unclear. I've always called upon the Premier League to be the ones that ultimately would solve the financial crisis in lower leagues. I, I, I would not call upon government to do that. I don't believe it's the government's responsibility to save football clubs. I mean, even Klopp's going to find it hard to disagree with Neville on this one. But I imagine his former employers, and every other Premier League club for that matter, would likely spit out their lukewarm, poorly brewed football tea at even the thought of giving up a few million quid to help other clubs in need, especially if Manchester United's latest books are anything to go by, after the red half of Manchester reported losses of 3.7 million euros in the first quarter of 2020. Now, I'm not a financial whiz, but I do get upset when I can't remember which jeans I've put my five pound change in. So I imagine losing 3.7 million is probably, I don't know, what, twice as bad? Anyway, it could go some way to explaining the club's latest move, which should see them fend off any serious competition in the near future for being the most hated club in the world after Manchester United launched a bid to sue the makers of Sports Sim Football Manager for the unlicensed use of the club name. Bellens. You know the old phrase, hated, adored, but never ignored when it comes to Manchester United? Well, maybe that should be refreshed for 2020 to hated, 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 hated. After this latest move to financially have a go at one of the things that's been keeping most of us sane during lockdown. One of the complaints from the club is that the game doesn't use the club's official badge. That doesn't use it. In the words of their legal team, Consumers expect to see the club crest next to the name Manchester United, and this failure to do so amounts to wrongful use. 
essentially they're complaining that by not using the correct club crest, they use a red and white striped logo instead, they are preventing the football club from making money from them using the crest. It's a bit like KFC suing vegetarians up and down the country because they've not been eating their chicken. Well, not in public anyway. I mean, we all know every vegetarian has a sneaky trip to KFC every now and again. You know what? If you're a football manager player and you feel really strongly about this story, then you can show them how you feel in the game itself. Load up a new season and you can take Manchester United from being one of the most dominant teams in Europe into a club that's struggling for a top four finish, winning no more than, I don't know, three major trophies and make it a graveyard for footballing talent both on the pitch and in the dugout. See if you can do it in, say, I don't know, as little as five seasons. That'll really show them. If you can do it, I imagine in reality it's pretty difficult to have a club fall from grace that quickly, right? This news is probably a slightly more embarrassing situation for many Manchester United fans than the one that met former player Yap Stam this week after the Dutch defender was unveiled as the new head coach at MLS team Cincinnati FC. The club proudly unveiled their new signing on social media with the statement Welcome Yap Stam! Alongside a picture of Ajax youth team coach Tinus van Tienenbroek who is another big Dutch bald man. Well done. It's all very well making a great big deal out of your new signing now when you clearly kept your previous signing very hush-hush when you recruited David Gold to manage your club's social media accounts. Delete, delete, delete. Still, I guess it could be worse. At least the pair of them look similar-ish. And it was probably a better mistake to at least pick someone in the footballing sphere rather than some of the other baldies that could have been picked at random. People like you... Phil Mitchell or Professor X out of the X-Men or Britney Spears when she went a bit crazy or Richard O'Brien out of the Crystal Maze. In fact, that last one would have been a great appointment as a football manager. Can you start the game, please? There was another far more recognisable football face that popped up this week in a pretty unusual place when viewers to the government's daily coronavirus briefing were left stunned as Health Secretary Matt Hancock fielded a question from Robbie Savage. Can you or your scientific um, colleagues give an indication of the pathway to grassroots football being allowed to restart? Do you think we will have to wait for a vaccine? Well, I very much hope that we won't have to wait for a vaccine. Robbie Savage. Are they just letting anyone with a BBC pass ask questions at these conferences now? Who's next? Hacker the dog? I can't help thinking that whoever was screening the questions must have mistook him for someone else entirely. They should probably get their eyes checked, or at least go on a family day out to Barnard Castle. My wife and I discussed the situation. We agreed that I could drive safely. We should turn around and go home. Just when I think this whole coronavirus situation can't get any weirder, Robbie Savage pops up as a political correspondent. In fact, if Robbie gets a couple more appearances under his belt at these question and answer sessions, he will have had more appearances than Boris Johnson. Thank you very much. It's all just weird. And I can't wait until I'm old and grey and, well, greyer anyway, and I sit down with my grandkids on my knee and I try to explain exactly what 2020 was like. I would like you to read me a story, Grandma. Well, we, we almost had a world war. The, the country decided to leave the EU despite overwhelming evidence it would wreck the economy. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a global pandemic that 
but we all had to stay inside for three months. Yes, well, I, I was making a podcast, an old-timey thing called a, a, a podcast. And, and Robbie Savage was on the televisual device asking the government, scientists, when he would be able to partake in playing football in the park again. It's bonkers. It's times like this that it's vital to focus on unifying messages. Messages of hope and messages that make us all stand together. Which is why I loved this simple and beautiful comment from an Irish Liverpool fan this week who wanted to share some positivity and love with her fellow Reds. The Liverpool fans out there, stay safe, take care, and above all, YMCA, take care. Yes, you'll never walk a... Hang on. What does she say? Take care, and above all, YMCA. Y-M-C-A? Y-M-C-A. All right, well, guess that still fits, because young man, we all feel a bit down. I said young man. No. Please don't touch the ground. I said, young man, because it's all closed in town. It's okay to feel unhappy. Bump, 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 bump. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. Do you know what? Let's get that sung at the next Liverpool home match. Jim, stop dancing. You've got to do the credits. Jim. Right. Um... Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe, like, all that kind of jazz. Um, oh, this is embarrassing. On the Left Side was written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. Actually, no, it's just by Jim Salverson, just in case you're from, like, I don't, who, who are village people on now? Which record level? Really? Fuck. Yeah, it's Jim. Old Jim. Yeah, his idea. I just, I was just walking past, I was just trying my eyesight out. You know, before I drive anywhere. Right. I'm going now. Um, bye.